Hello, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about a couple of news items that popped up over the weekend in respect of this constant fighting that we are seeing right now between Microsoft and Sony and how they are pitching their systems that are coming out this holiday season to their respective fan bases. And hopefully, in the case of both Sony and Microsoft, to new folks that are not currently members of those respective fan bases. But as we will see as part of this video, one of the really interesting things that is popping out of this particular version of the console war is that Microsoft and their Xbox platform is not playing the same game as Sony and their platform. And in some respects, that's making Sony have to take steps that Microsoft simply doesn't in a way that looks very consumer unfriendly. So to really dive into that, let's talk about one of the things that leaked out this weekend. Here's a story from Video Game Chronicle that says Avengers Spider-Man will be exclusive to PlayStation according to a pulled retail listing. Now that's speaking specifically of the Square Enix Crystal Dynamics Avengers game that is slated to come out next month. There's been no reference to Spider-Man at all in the various references to the characters that are going to be in that game, either from Crystal Dynamics or from any of their marketing partners. And so this came as something of a surprise but not one that some couldn't have potentially anticipated. As described here, this is said that it came from a base.com marketing description that simply said Spider-Man will be available exclusively on PS4. Now that's interesting in and of itself because one of the things that's happening right now with the marketing of all video games, and certainly this one, is that it is being sold as being available for both the PlayStation 4 and, of course, the PlayStation 5, with Crystal Dynamics going so far as to say that the PlayStation 5 version will have certain highlights. But in this article and the many, many, many others that have reported on this leak, one of the things that they reference is the notation from last E3 in the PlayStation blog that Square Enix will be preparing surprises for PlayStation owners, that the Marvel Avengers game product is going to be going down the exclusivity route that you saw Sony pursue with Bungie and Activision and Destiny, where in that game, I believe Sony and PlayStation got at least a year-long exclusive of really important stuff, weapons and dungeons and things that actually materially affected the value proposition of the game. Sony paid for that as part of a marketing initiative, and it looks to be that they are pursuing something like that with Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix on this project. Most specifically, it finishes the blog post from last year with the following. We are thrilled to be partnering with PlayStation and will bring some future surprises to PlayStation players at another time. So that was either being worked out or Sony really didn't want to have a discussion about what was exclusive and what was not because... As we have seen with all of these companies selling exclusives on their hardware, there is a certain amount of blowback. When Microsoft swooped in and took Tomb Raider for a period of time, there was blowback. When something like Destiny happened and the Microsoft players felt that they weren't getting the full $60 that Sony PlayStation players were getting, there was some blowback. So it is possible that an exclusivity contract of this sort just wasn't something that either side wanted to discuss well in advance of the actual product release. Now, we should say, as we do in this space, when we take things with a grain of salt, this is a highly kind of speculative, tortured method of getting this information. This comes from a Reddit post, as best I could tell, that found this on the base.com website. All it says is play as Spider-Man exclusively on PS4 and only in this one line right here. So we are not looking at something that 
makes a lot of sense. It's not something that you would usually see leaked in this way in such a speculative manner. That being said, nothing before this leak happened suggested that this would be something that Sony or Square Enix was pursuing. So it does strike a certain tenor of truthfulness because it came out of nowhere. It doesn't mean it is true, of course, and we have to take it with that grain of salt. But as we'll see later in this video, this is the kind of thing that does get leaked out in this fashion. There is a lot of online leaks that happen due to retailers just accidentally putting one of their bullet points on their pre-order page. Now, the other thing you might be saying about this is you might be saying, well, Rick, can they really limit Spider-Man to one particular game? After all, does Sony really own Spider-Man or does Marvel own Spider-Man? And the answer to that is both. And that's always a tricky question, right, in the legal realm. Marvel owns certain amounts of Spider-Man. We've got here Tobey Maguire crying. We've got Marvel putting various Spider-Men in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance game that came out on Switch. I believe it was only last year. It's hard to tell because this year has felt like it has just taken so long. But they don't necessarily have the complete rights to Insomniac Spider-Man here, demarcated by the white spider. But in particular, it's not just that white spider outfit that makes Insomniac Spider-Man their Spider-Man. It's also his voice actor. It's also his background. It's also the story that they told in their own game in 2018 and everything that relates to that particular Spider-Man. In order to kind of understand that more fulsomely, it's important to understand the concept of how joint development works. I've just pulled up a sample here from the SEC because we don't like to share specific contracts in case any attorney-client privilege would be breached on a YouTube channel. That would be bad. So you can find this particular contract on the SEC website. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. But the concept of a joint development agreement does. So when Marvel and Disney and whomever have the rights to a Spider-Man character, they license those rights away in certain important respects. With respect to Sony, they licensed away the film rights. They said, okay, when we were going to go bankrupt in the mid-90s, we need to get some cash in the door. We need to make our creditors happy. Here's Sony. You have the film rights as long as you make a film every so often. And Sony went and made films. They made them with Tobey Maguire. They made them with Andy Garfield. And then they made them with Tom Holland, ultimately agreeing to a joint kind of development agreement with Disney to have that Tom Holland Spider-Man appear in the MCU. But Sony only has those specific rights to the film output of Spider-Man. Now they go and they develop those characters and the background for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is theirs. But when we start talking about video game Spider-Man, then they would have had to have negotiated separately with Marvel and potentially with Disney, depending on how high up the negotiation powers went, to make a game on their own. Now, they already had this relationship from Marvel working with Sony Pictures and their film side, so that probably helped grease the wheels a little bit. But when they sign up to this agreement, one of the things that happens is Sony says, all right, we are willing to spend X amount of dollars to get this done, or more specifically, Sony is going to spend this amount of dollars on Insomniac, which wasn't a part of Sony at the time. And when Insomniac makes their Spider-Man for $100 million, whatever the actual budget of that video game was, then Insomniac has certain rights to their creation. Not that they can just go and do anything with it. They can't necessarily go and sell Spider-Man t-shirts. They can't necessarily go and commercialize it outside of the video game that they are selling. But in general, neither can Marvel. So Marvel can't just say, hey, we own Spider-Man. 
We license the right for you to make a video game out to you, but then once it's created, we can take this Marvel's Spider-Man 2018 and we can put a port on the Xbox. Generally speaking, that's not what happens. And all of this lives in the contract, right? In a contract that we can't see. But in general, what we can talk about is how a joint development agreement or how a software development agreement usually looks. And that says, hey, we're going to spend all this money. We're going to make this product. We're going to sell this product out into the market. And we're going to owe you royalties and potentially a licensing fee at the start of a contract relationship. But when we do that, it means that we are then the joint owners of the intellectual property that pops out. And you can't do something with it without our consent. And in general, we can't do something with it without your consent. And you basically lock it in with a kind of joint veto right over what's going to happen to White Spider, Insomniac, Spider-Man, which leads us back to this, right? One of the things that could be happening as part of this story is that Sony desperately wants people to buy their PlayStation 5 or at bare minimum, their PlayStation 4. They want people invested in PlayStation and it's very, very important to their business model. Now, Marvel might have come and said, we really want to use Insomniac Spider-Man because at least in video game terms, that Spider-Man has been something that has been very, very popular. That background, that game, that voice actor, exactly what you created at Insomniac, now at Sony, after Sony purchased Insomniac, is what we want to bring to the video game universe of Marvel. And so Sony says, okay, that's fine. If you want to use our Spider-Man, that's great. That's great for us. That's essentially advertising for our Miles Morales launch game, whatever that winds up looking like. Spider-Man 2, whenever we wind up selling that. We want to do that. However, we don't want our creation that cost us however many millions of dollars to create to appear on the Xbox platform. So Marvel goes and thinks about it and they say, okay. And apparently they agree to it. Now, probably money changed hands on this, but... Both sides had to tango on a conversation like this. Marvel could have said, you know what, that's all well and good, but we'll just put Spider-Man in the Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. That's totally fine. We have the rights to make a Spider-Man game, and it doesn't matter if it's necessarily Insomniac Spider-Man. That's just not that important. Now, that's Tobey Maguire, so I pulled up the wrong one, but Insomniac Spider-Man might not be that important to the actual project, but it seems like Marvel wanted it. It seems like Sony wanted it. And so you wind up with a story like this where maybe Sony said, yeah, you can absolutely use that, but we want it exclusive to the PlayStation 5. And so this isn't a minor thing. If you aren't familiar with this, if you haven't watched their War Rooms, if you're not participating in the beta this month for this particular game, the Avengers game that Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have created is something like Destiny. Now, it's not exactly like that. I know Destiny fans will come into this space and say it's not anything like Destiny, but for our purposes, it's a cooperative action game that features classes, and those classes are demarcated by the individual Avenger characters. So here we've got a skill tree that shows Iron Man. And you can actually see there are four separate tabs and multiple trees of skills and a whole bunch of different stuff. There's loot tables that only relate to specific characters. Putting a character in this particular game is not the same as simply putting in even this Spider-Man where it, they did have different skills. They did potentially have different kind of interactions, but it was essentially four skills, maybe five. And then you move on. This is a much more involved process when we talk about something like this, which means that if Spider-Man is only available on the PlayStation platform and not on the Xbox platform or any other platform, I don't think Avengers is coming to the Switch, it seems a little bit too strong for that, but you never know, that this is a major reduction 
in the representative value of your $60 on the various platforms. And it is the reason why Forbes went out with an article today that said basically a PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man would just make everyone mad. And this is from Paul Tassi. We've covered him in virtual legality before. He is not wrong. A whole lot of people would be mad about this because this is essentially very consumer unfriendly. This is Sony saying, well, you can have it on this system, but not only do you not get Insomniac Spider-Man, presumably because of the way it was listed on that marketing piece, and we're presuming it is, of course, true for purposes of this conversation, then you don't get a Spider-Man at all, Xbox. You don't get this guy. You don't get this guy. You don't get any Spider-Man. And Sony did this either by spending money or exerting its veto rights from its licensing agreements with Marvel solely to bring people into the PlayStation environment in a way that Microsoft simply isn't having to do right now. And the reason for that is that Sony wants to sell hardware. Sony is operating in the video game space as they have operated since the mid-90s, since the original introduction of the PlayStation. And they are operating in that way in what we generally call a walled garden. We have our particular console. We have our console that runs its applications. We have hardware that is associated specifically with that console. And we want you to buy it all because we make money ultimately on the hardware. We make money on having you invested in this ecosystem. And we aren't necessarily selling something like Xbox's Game Pass. We aren't necessarily changing our entire business model to be only recurring revenue or games as a service or anything like that. What we are instead doing is getting you invested by having you buy a box that you put under your television. And that actual transaction is important to us in a way that it simply isn't important to Microsoft. Now, one of the other stories that you saw come across the various interwebs over the weekend was that Microsoft confirms Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play and up to 120 frames per second, presumably only on the Series X. Now, one thing that is interesting before we dive into this portion of the story a little bit is again a kind of footfall with Microsoft messaging and what Halo Infinite actually is. One of the stories that came out the day that Halo Infinite released that we didn't cover in virtual legality, the day that their demo released, was that there were certain messages that were going around that said the following. One source is telling me that multiplayer isn't going to be shipping with single player this fall, said Brad Sams, who regularly covers Microsoft games and other products. But 343 has already issued a flat denial. Nothing to see here, folks. This is not true. Now, what's very interesting to me as someone that follows messaging and really looks at marketing and how these companies are trying to position themselves from a business perspective is that you can now read the actual sentiment of the original quote as not being inaccurate, just misread. One source is telling me that multiplayer isn't going to be shipping with single player this fall can now obviously mean that multiplayer isn't the same as single player. We aren't actually talking about the same kind of executable. We are really talking about Halo Infinite as a kind of portal to things that Microsoft can put in a Halo bucket that the Halo Infinite campaign might have an entirely separate name, and that's what we think of as coming out in the fall. But Halo Infinite is actually much kind of bigger. It's a shell for the campaign. It's a shell for whatever multiplayer looks like. As we've talked about in Virtual Legality, it's probably a shell for some kind of battle royale and a battle pass and microtransactions and all this stuff because a free-to-play model doesn't actually work if it doesn't have at least some of those features. You need to make money somewhere if you are Microsoft. So when we talk about messaging and foot faults and things like that, I found this to be really, really interesting. 
this is not something that I blame on Microsoft. This isn't something where you'll see me come down hard on them. But it does appear to be the case that people that actually had sources that were trying to figure out exactly what was happening with Halo Infinite and got this message that multiplayer wasn't going to be shipping alongside single player did know something. It just wasn't read in the right way. And so when this leaks out, and while we're talking about this, it leaked out in exactly the same way as the Spider-Man message leaked out. As The Verge reports, the news comes after a leak from Smith's Toy Superstores which briefly posted details about Halo Infinite multiplayer on a promotional page. As they said, the legendary Halo series returns with the most expansive Master Chief campaign yet and a groundbreaking free-to-play multiplayer experience. Enjoy up to 120 frames per second and greatly reduced load times, creating seamless gameplay with the Xbox Series X. That's obviously a lot more than play as Spider-Man exclusively on PS4. So this is more in the truth vein than what we are looking at with respect to Spider-Man, but it's the same kind of leak that we are talking about. And again, I named this video The Trouble with the Wall Garden because you can start to see the difference here. If Microsoft had anything that looked like anything for the Series X, I truly believe that their messaging would be beating the PlayStation messaging apart because it is so much more consumer friendly. Because for every Sony announcement that says we are keeping Spider-Man on PlayStation, come over here, or don't get Spider-Man at all, there is an announcement from Microsoft that says, hey, we want Halo to be free to play. If you love multiplayer Halo, it's going to be free to play, not just on the Series X, but because of what Microsoft is doing on your gaming PC. You're going to have access to every Xbox game on that PC. You're going to be able to play Halo for free. And yeah, we're going to have a battle pass for microtransactions. They don't talk about that here, but of course they are. But that's okay because you've got a free-to-play entry point. And frankly, people are used to it from multiplayer shooters, whether they love Fortnite or Warframe or something else. So Microsoft is moving into a different direction, but that at its base, at its start, is clearly more consumer-friendly. That there is no barrier to entry when PlayStation is putting in barrier after barrier to entry. And that became even more apparent this morning when PlayStation put out a blog about this bad boy, which I believe is called the DualSense, I think. At bare minimum, it's the PlayStation 5's DualShock controller version. And they put out a blog post that said the following. Answering your questions on compatible PS4 peripherals and accessories. It's amazing to me that we are now diving into this level of questioning here at the start of August when we don't have a release date or a price for this thing. But they're very much avoiding answering any of those questions, just as, to be fair, Microsoft is. Now, the big ticket item from this was the answer to this question. Will the DualShock 4 work with PlayStation 5 games? No. We believe that PS5 games should take advantage of the new capabilities and features we're bringing to the platform, including the features of DualSense wireless controller. In other words, you're going to have to buy new controllers to play PlayStation 5 games on their system. They do say that your DualShock 4, your PlayStation 4 controller, will work on PlayStation 4 games being played through backward compatibility on the PlayStation 5. One thing that they don't say here is whether or not the PlayStation 5 controller will also work on those backward compatible games on the PlayStation 4. Because if you have to keep both DualShock 4s and DualSense 5s locked and loaded, especially with the battery life or lack thereof with respect to the DualShock 4, that is clearly going to be a problem for a lot of people. And it's going to very much add friction to the entire concept of backward compatibility. But again, they make money on hardware. They want you to buy controllers. They want you to buy boxes 
Sony, in this respect, is a hardware company for selling you the PlayStation ecosystem in a way that Microsoft isn't. When we go and we look at what Microsoft is doing at the same time, I pulled up a blog post from March where they're talking about their new controller. They didn't make a lot of changes. One of the most significant is that they changed their D-pad. And one of the big ticket items that they say is, first, we're supporting cross-compatibility between Xbox Series X and Xbox One consoles and controllers. Both Xbox One will work on Series X and Series X will work on Xbox One. Both the boxes and the software that they're running on either of those boxes at the same time. That is a much easier friction-free point of entry for someone that already owns three sets of Xbox One controllers, that already owns these peripherals. And again, you see the difference. Xbox, Microsoft desperately wants you in the ecosystem because they want you to buy that Game Pass. They want you to be a Game Pass Ultimate member. They don't care how you get there. And they are trying to make that process as friction-free as possible compared to Sony selling you into a walled garden. Sony saying, nah, this is such a major leap forward. You can tell from the completely different configuration of buttons that you haven't seen since the mid-90s that we need to make sure that you can't use your old controller on our new games. And again, you look at the blog post entry, it's actually aspirational, right? They say, no, we believe that PS5 games should take advantage of the new capabilities. They might, they might not. How many PlayStation 4 games use that little touchpad at the top of the DualShock 4, right? How many are actually going to use haptic feedback or whatever else the DualSense is portraying as selling you as part of the PlayStation 5? It doesn't actually matter to Sony. What matters is that they have a justification to say, no, no, we want to make sure that our PlayStation 5 developers can develop to the full extent of the DualSense 5. We don't want to have separate configurations in case you're using a different controller. And so you must buy two or three or four of these controllers if you have a family that likes to play together, if we have couch co-op, and you're going to like it. And they're going to be 60 or 70 or heck, $80, depending on where you're going. Switch controllers are still $80, I believe. And so you are going to get those things. You're going to be in our walled garden. And we don't care about the friction that imposes. You actually see that doubled up with respect to the PSVR. One of the things that has been at least lightly humming in the background for the PlayStation 5 is that the PSVR should get some upgrades, should get something that looks nicer, that is more compatible with what we know is possible in VR just from the PC side of things. And you see here that because the PlayStation uses the PlayStation camera to identify where its PSVR goes, you would hope that the camera would just work on the PlayStation 5, but alas, no. It will require a PlayStation camera adapter. Now here, Sony says, we'll provide that at no additional cost to PSVR users. Hard to tell exactly how they would know whether you have a PSVR or whether you're just using the camera to do live streams or what have you. But we won't charge you for that adapter, but we also don't care about the friction that it creates. We also don't care about the fact that this will add one more step in the process to even you being able to use your PlayStation VR on the PlayStation 5 and, and at least some possibility that you will buy the new version of the PlayStation camera that'll use whatever other proprietary port we put in there that now requires an adapter for the camera that you already own. Now, this comes out as sounding like it's anti-PlayStation, anti-Sony. As you know, if you've been in virtual legality, we do a lot of these videos. We come against a lot of messaging from both sides of the spectrum here, Microsoft and Sony. But I do have to say that there is no question in my mind that selling into an exclusive hardware environment, selling into a walled garden, has the marketing appeal of garbage. 
right? That right now, when we see something that is being marketed as the Xbox, take all the games, take the content out of it, and just look at the actual messaging where Xbox says, we have all this backward compatibility. We have consoles and controllers that you can use, that you already own, that you don't have to pay for more from. That that plays better, that that is more consumer friendly than what Sony, by the nature of their business model, has to go out with. Now, I am not in disagreement with those commenters that come into this space and say, Sony makes better games. I like PlayStation better. So do I. I like Sony games better than Microsoft games. I hope Microsoft gets up to speed because I think Sony needs competition on this front. I think when you get answers like this, when you get all of this kind of concept, when you get these journalistic interviews where the Sony vice president says, well, we're not really talking about price, but you shouldn't be so concerned about price. We're going to deliver a lot of value. You should be worried about what the price of this console is going to be. You should be worried about how Sony is going to operate in the PlayStation 5 generation because this kind of messaging is what we saw during the PlayStation 3 generation when they thought they had the video game industry in the bag after the PlayStation 2 was just as popular as it was. And that's not going to get better no matter how well Microsoft does from a revenue perspective in this generation because there will never be a point in time where the Xbox Series X or really any Xbox, as long as they are pursuing a recurring revenue stream model, selling software rather than hardware, is going to compete on a numbers basis with the PlayStation 5 sales, which means that Sony is going to continually be receiving feedback that they are outselling Xbox 3 to 1, 4 to 1, 5 to 1, whatever it might be, because Microsoft wants you to get the box, wants you to have the gateway into their Game Pass ecosystem, but doesn't care which box you buy makes their money from software, not from hardware. And so my concern would be that Sony has more of these answers. Sony spends more money making sure that Spider-Man is only on Sony platforms, that the next version of Destiny only gets stuff over here on PlayStation, whatever it might be. And to me, that is going to start running into long-term problems as more and more of the video game industry, whether that's on PC, whether that's through Xbox, starts to become more and more friction-free in terms of an entry point. PlayStation 5 has by far the toughest bit of marketing, in my opinion, in terms of getting people in the door. Once they're in the door, I think they have the easiest marketing. They have the best games. And if you're in the PlayStation ecosystem, you're thrilled to be playing the next God of War, the next Horizon, whatever it might be. But actually starting the process, starting the process is that trouble with the wall garden. Because no matter what you do, Sony has to start looking a bit like a bully and I don't think that's good for anyone. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, we talk about messaging, especially in the console war, especially in the past couple of weeks, a lot in this space because these corporations are busy preparing a multi-million dollar initiative and a global one at that to go to get your video game console dollars. And it's a very interesting one because their releases are slated to be so close together. So we love talking about these things. We think both Sony and Microsoft have made significant faults in the way that they have messaged their system. So if you like this video, like, subscribe, ring bells, do all that kind of stuff, but absolutely check out the other videos that we have on this with Xbox having all these issues with Halo Infinite, not actually suggesting all the power that appears to be in the Xbox Series Xbox or other problems with Spider-Man that Sony has had in terms of how they are advertising, how they are trying to sell their Spider-Man launch title for the PlayStation 5 and exactly what that looks like, especially now that it looks like Spider-Man is going to come with it, Spider-Man 2018. We also talk about more serious stuff here, Supreme Court decisions, what 
President Trump has tweeted on any given day. So if you like that stuff, especially if you like it mixed in with your pop culture discussion, please do tell folks that we are here. We love having the growth of this channel and having additional discussions in this space, either in the comments or on my social media. So please do tell folks, check it out. And if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.